and welcome to episode 48 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, we learn about some efforts to help restore an animal to some of its previous range, get some sad news from the White House, and learn about some awesome Northern and Central American natives. Our Animal of the Week this week is the first of its kind to ever be covered as an Animal of the Week. So let's not dilly-dally and jump into episode 48 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. to episode 48 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new variety of animals. Mm. Um, but before that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I have been victim to the other aspect of my personality. Okay. <laughs> Which makes no sense. In, no, it doesn't nope. really, but okay, elaborate. What do you mean? So, I'm an animal nerd. I mm-hmm. do not like sports for the most part, so mm-hmm. I don't watch sports like my brother and my father do. Mm-hmm. Like most people do, yeah. Yes, but there's one exception. Okay. <laughs> and that's... Oh, yes, okay. Soccer. Football, technically. Yes, football, thank you. Because we're the only ones who don't call it that. Yeah. <laughs> And right now, the Euro 2020 championship's going on. Oh. And I've been watching that over the past few days. Are the Netherlands in it? Yes, and I'm upset. Aren't, don't they usually do really well? Yes, but they got knocked out today. Oh. They lost to Czech Republic 2-0. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they got. I wasn't surprised because they got red carded. So it's like, I played soccer. I know. If so, you get red card on your team and you're down one person, it's hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Craziness. Yes, but I'm still upset about it. I'm so sorry. When does the um, World Cup thing happen? Hmm. Uh, next year, 2022 in Qatar. Oh, interesting. I want to see how that thing's going on because, like, it has to be indoors. So, based on what I know, it's going to be indoor stadiums because I don't see you playing outside in the Middle East. <laughs> And your players surviving. Especially if it's in the summer. Yeah. And then 2026, it's going to be split between U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Me and my sister want to go to one of those games. Yeah. But where would it be? You have I don't no know. idea where in the U.S. We're a pretty gar- large place. In Alaska. That's where we'll be. I feel like Anchorage. L.A. <laughs> yes. Even though I don't like them coming to cities, but I still want to go there and see it. You don't like them going to cities? No, they displace communities. Whenever it's just like with the Olympics, it's oh, if they have to like build like a little, um, yeah, that little like living area or whatever mm-hmm. it is, yeah, then there's like renting and then displaced people that are living there for like fans to come in and all that stuff. Oh, okay, it's okay. pretty awful, actually, but I still love the sport <laughs> and watching it. I know I'm horrible, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where else are they gonna go out to Coachella and just everyone camps? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Okay, well, anywho, that's fun. So, mm-hmm. Casey likes soccer or football, as the rest of the world mm-hmm. calls it, except for us, because we just, we don't do a lot of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that reminded me, it was so lame, but what was it? It was some joke on Facebook, and it was like when, I don't remember the countries now, somewhere where it's really cold, so we'll just say like Russian, I don't know, it's not <laughs> Russian, but like when a Russian's out in um, 
shorts in like whatever Celsius degrees, like a cold place, right? Yeah. Celsius degrees and they're fine and they're not cold at all. And then when Australians like wearing a jacket and a hot Celsius degrees and then Americans don't understand this meme because they don't have Celsius. I was like, accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't. Anyway. All right. Well, Casey yep. uh, likes sports. That's exciting. Yes. I did not have anything to talk about this week that was animal related either because it's been a week and um, and it, it's not to do with it. It's sort of because once again, people are animals and yeah. predatory behavior is something found in the animal kingdom, but in a different way. So um, it's kind of on a serious note here, folks. I don't really have an answer for you, but there's, there's some shit going down in one of the aspects of my world where um, predatory men have been discovered years later um, who preyed on underage girls and boys it sounds like too anyway um, so just grooming is really serious and anytime you have a place where adults are mentoring children Mm -hmm. theater sports churches um, loves to happen there (laughs) can't tell you how many youth leaders get caught for this shit Um, anyway just as a parent, be really aware because a lot of people will just buddy up to your child and you, they will find... I'm not saying you should take your kid's phone and look at their stuff, but like if a 20-something-year-old man is texting a 14-year-old girl at 4 o'clock in the morning, there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also these people just buddy up to families and with everything that's coming out in this one situation at least there's a lot of parents defending this person despite the fact that there are multiple accounts of him acting this way and this has been a thing that's been happening in san diego for a while and other groups with more than one person um so just also like if somebody tells you something happened to them probably don't be like but they're so nice and completely discount what that person's telling you (laughs) which i could say from personal experience Mm -hmm. but anyway um, just, just really be vigilant, parents, because it's it's really crazy. This whole week, I've gotten nothing done, and as Casey knows, I was woefully unprepared yeah. <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> today because it's just been a crazy shitstorm that's been evolving, and obviously needs to go to the you know court system, which is really great to women and treats them really well. <laughs> so we all know how you know. Well, Chauvin only went because of a video, and yeah. of course, Brock Turner didn't even serve his full, ridiculously short sentence. So, anyway, just parents be really well aware. And it sucks to, like, not necessarily trust everybody, because some people are genuinely really great people and really are mentoring kids, but just be very vigilant. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Anyway, um, moving on from not nice things at all, terrible, terrible things, we should probably talk about animals, because animals, Casey, they don't do this at least. Well, dolphins do. Other animals don't. <laughs> Most animals don't do this. <laughs> so, they're better. Animals are just better than people, in general. Depends so. on the animal. Okay, great. Right. Is this next story going to be bad? No. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> so, tell us, Casey, what you, what you want to talk about today. I am talking about rebuilding the U.S. jaguar population. That is slightly terrifying. <laughs> Like I am, I'm in favorite for the jaguars, but also like I don't want to be walking. Like I grew up in the boonies; that's where they would be, not in the cities. And like, I don't want to run into a jaguar. I do. I never would have run into it. They would come from behind and crush your yeah. skull. <laughs> anyway, but okay, tell us, yeah. tell us about it. So I got this information from an article in Scientific America. So 
Just a little background, the Jaguar once had a sustainable population in the southwestern United States, but the supposed last Jaguar was killed in Tucson back in 1964. Oh, wow. And as I have learned from experience, most Americans are not aware that we w- there were Jaguars in the United are States. Are you serious? Yes. I feel like I learned that when I was a little kid. Really? Yeah. I did not learn it when I, I was a kid. I am amazed because yeah. it seems like the school system in the boonie town I grew up in was actually better than a lot of places, apparently. And it was okay. an extremely conservative place, and mm-hmm. yet, like, I still don't know if, like, Tulsa, because that mm-hmm. wasn't really taught in school. I don't know if it was just our history teacher brought it up, and yeah. it wasn't in the book, but, like, I feel like we learned a lot more stuff than so many other people did. Yeah, I did not learn about Tulsa when I was a kid. Yeah. It was not it was not mm-hmm. presented in the way that it actually was, but it yeah. was like they went crazy for this ridiculous thing, but it didn't do the whole wiping out the entire anyway. Yeah. But the point is like I was just I'm surprised that a place that doesn't really care about science and things like that uh, yeah. you know, seemed to do a better job of education. Yeah, I just need like <laughs> one comment on that. It's like this one girl I saw, she was talking about how Texas was failing their kids in terms of the school system. And they were talking, she asked somebody legitimately like, why is Alaska so cold and Hawaii so warm when they're right next to each other? Because you know how it has that little map. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they did not teach them that it's like, this is in northern latitude. This is down near the equator. There was like a TikTok of, I think he's a British dude asking Americans some basic things. It was, and there were questions like, name three countries aside from the U.S. And they could not do it. Yeah. But, I mean, most Americans are not that Okay, stupid, now I'm realizing like, I misheard that one. Oh, okay. Because I could have sworn he was saying inside the United States. And it's like, that question makes no sense. No, he was like, okay. three countries other than the United States. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was... It was and they and were, there, like, and naming were states. States and, and, like, cities and mm-hmm. stuff. And they were, in the, <laughs> they were in the U.S. I'm like, how do you not know Canada and Mexico, at least? I know. <laughs> like, the two countries that border like, us. England? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Okay, this references back to earlier with, like, the World Cup and stuff and the Olympics. One thing I will never understand. The Olympics, it's the United Kingdom. The World Cup, it is Scotland, Ireland, Wales, England. Because they just want to have more teams. I don't. (laughs) Because in the Olympics, you're competing against other countries and you want to have more medals. So that makes sense to unite and be like, mm-hmm. we're all this country. But then when you're going for soccer, which is what the rest of the world actually gives a shit about, because they don't care about American mm-hmm. football, they care about soccer, and they fucking care about mm-hmm. soccer. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want, like, fuck you, Scottish, Ireland's better. I totally believe that. Now that makes me curious. It's like, is... I'm not saying that, by the way. I'm just saying that that's, like, the attitude. Now, I've never <laughs> checked into this. I don't think it's a thing. It's like, I wonder if, like, Ireland and um, Northern Ireland have separate teams. I don't know. I don't. That would be the uniting factor. <laughs> no, because they'd still probably want multiple teams. So you know, there's probably a Northern Ireland in Ireland, okay. but maybe not because uh, they're not acknowledging the UK at that point. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Someone from the it's UK so explain stupid. it. We have at least a couple yeah. listeners over there. Try mm-hmm. to explain to us how that works. Yeah, if you understand it yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> back to this. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, there is ample evidence of the Jaguars being around back in the 19th century in places like such as Texas and Arizona. And there's even reports of observation in other states like California, Colorado, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. Okay. The strongest evidence for their presence comes from Arizona and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. 
And when these regions were settled, people started hunting the jaguars and poisoning them along with other native predators such as the Mexican wolf. Mm, okay. The jaguar was not listed under the United States Endangered Species Act until 1972. Wow, after they were all dead. <laughs> A lot of them. Um, and in practice, even with the protection, they were only really protected in Central and South America, despite evidence suggesting that they needed more expansive protection. And due to the elusive nature of this species, many treated their presence at, and protection in the United States as theoretical, since they really never really ever spotted mm -hmm. until 19... They're not spotted, Casey. They have rosettes. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then in 1996, a rancher spotted one in Arizona while he was out hunting for mountain lions. And ever since, motion-sensitive cameras have been used to capture multiple images of jaguars in mountains just south of the I-10. Wait, did, like recently? Yeah. So they're back in the U.S. then. We currently have records of three male jaguars in the United States. That's cool. In Arizona. In Arizona. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to tell my parents like, yeah. what? Not only do you have the deer and the antelope <laughs> playing on the plains, yep. you got jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and scientists have developed various models to predict a potential habitat distribution that would be sustainable for jaguars in Arizona and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And some have found there to be suitable habitat between Flagstaff, Arizona, and Silver City, New Mexico, which encompasses a total of 20 million acres, wow. which is equivalent to the size of South Carolina. Huh. I was going to say, because jaguars don't, they can't do, they're not like mountain lions where they can adapt mm -hmm. to like all kinds of different climates. They right? actually like, are found in multiple climates. So the deserts? Yeah. I would never think of a jaguar in a desert. Yeah, it's just they've been extirpated like, from much of that area. And like, you know, jungly. Yeah, no, these ones live in much more arid habitat ah, than okay. people would think. Though they mm. are much more common in tropical rainforests now. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And so 68% of this area is managed by the U.S. Forest Service to help maintain the productivity of the ecosystem. And before this research was conducted, it was estimated the U.S. could only sustain about six jaguars south of Interstate 10. Mm -hmm. But now with this new evidence, it is suggested it could sustain a population of 90 to 150 jaguars. Oh, wow. Yep. There's still work to, that needs to be done to help the species, though, as they are particularly under threat in the U.S. by habitat destruction, infrastructure, and construction of barriers like the border wall construction, which are preventing the reestablishment of females into the area. That's problematic. Yes. And overall, there needs to be the development of a respectful and reciprocal relationship between humans and our wildlife, mm -hmm. which is a overarching concept widespread through conservation work. Right, everywhere. Yep. And just a fun fact, as Ali alluded to earlier, I get annoyed with people mixing up jaguars, cheetahs, and leopards. Also, mixing up a jaguar and a cheetah, how? Mixing up a jaguar and a leopard, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. if you don't really know, like, I'll give it to you. How do you mix up a cheetah? I have seen plenty of people at the how? San Diego Zoo They're and Safari Park calling built. a cheetah a leopard. The build is 100% different. Mm -hmm. The spots are like actual spots, and I'm sure you're mm -hmm. going to get into what the others are. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, a jaguar has rosettes, and they have spots within these rosettes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they also have a thicker outline to them. Leopards have rosettes without spots, yep. and they are much more densely packed on them. So, mm -hmm. and whereas cheetah is just solid spots. It's literally just spots. Yeah. Also, the build of a cheetah. Not nothing near it. They're very slender. 
They're so slender and spelt. It's like the person who thought that the that the serval was a cheetah. I'm like, what? <laughs> we need to give cheetahs more respect. Apparently, we keep confusing them for other cats that look nothing like a cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's crazy. Yep. All right. Well, um, I am just a, a bringer of all good news today, basically, <laughs> as I suspected when um, when Biden was elected that we would lose Champ because he was elderly already mm-hmm. um, during the presidency, and it has happened, unfortunately. So Champ died peacefully at home. Champ is the older dog, the older shepherd that um, the Bidens have who's in that White House. It was probably stressful for him, too, mm-hmm. living in the White House, you know? Anyway, so he died peacefully at home um, on Saturday near the 19th. I don't know what day that was. I'm not pulling up my calendar. Anyway, it was around there <laughs> of June. And um, and they had 13 years with him, so it's pretty good for a shepherd. Yep. They don't do too much better than that. Um, and then they just said, you know, little things like even as his strength waned in the last months when they'd come into a room, he would immediately pull himself up and his tail would wag and nuzzle mm-hmm. for like a belly rub, which just like makes me want to cry right now. Yeah. Anyway, he wanted to be with him all the time because dogs are better than people. Yeah. And they're amazing. Reminds me of my last dog was a Chelsea Shepherd mix. Mm-hmm. And I remember in his like last days of activity, it's like he used to always be able to run up this one hill really mm-hmm. easily. And it's like then I would try to run up with him and then he would get winded and start slowing down. Oh, it's yeah. so sad. But anyway, so they. It was they, traumatic when he died. It's, yeah, it's because the death was traumatic or just traumatic because you lost him and you loved him? I would say both. Oh, God, that's <laughs> awful. I don't want to know more about that. That's yeah. terrifying. Okay. Um, but anyway, so the Bidens got him as a puppy in 2008. They got Major a whole 10 years later. They got him in 2018. Anyway, um, and they got him shortly before they moved into, I did not know that the vice president resides in the Naval Observatory. That's news to me, unless that's just they did. Anyway, um, so they got him shortly before they did that. And then they say in his younger days that he enjoyed chasing golf balls. No. <laughs> and running after grandkids, which, you know, most guys do. <laughs> Not attacking them, just chasing them and herding them, probably. Um, anyway, basically to say, you know, he was a great dog because mm-hmm. dogs are great and they're amazing and it's very sad. So um, anyway, so poor, poor little Champy died. So now they just have Major who already had some behavioral issues. Yeah. So oh, that's probably going to be a little harder on him now. Is like a, buddy. I was thinking if there was like a pet cemetery near around the White House. For the famous pets? Some pets are, yeah. famous pets are buried at the, um, wow, I'm really forgetting the name of that, the super famous cemetery in, like, Burbank area. What the heck? Anyway. I don't know. Maybe. I'm thinking about the book and movie, Pet Cemetery. No. We don't need to do that. <laughs> I have it. It's okay. No. Nope, nope, nope. I'll, um, do, a, I'll do a reading well, on the podcast. Go to, go to um, Washington and go see if there is a, I guess I should differentiate D.C., not Washington. Go to D.C. and see if there is a cemetery mm-hmm. for pets, for important pets. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that sad stuff that we knew was coming, unfortunately. But hopefully he wasn't in pain and he just, you know, passed as they do yeah. sometimes. But anyway, on from that um, super depressing note. Yay, all sad news today coming yeah. from me. I'm terrible today. You're anyway. the negative Nancy today for once. I am a negative Nancy today. You know, it's always you. <laughs> And today I'm like, I'm just so off from this whole last week. It's just been a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, but it was my turn to choose a pick. And I chose our favorite Central or North, <laughs> our favorite Central or North American cats. 
species. And um, and I, as usual, have commitment issues. And I waited for Casey to go first, <laughs> so it would help me narrow down. <laughs> we was both basic. We were both, and I was trying to not be basic. And I was like, he went basic. I got to be basic, too. I can be a basic for once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Casey, who is your favorite uh, Central or North American cat? My favorite is the cougar, also known as the mountain lion, Better puma, panther, catamount, coast cat, long list of names. There's so many names for yes. them. Yes. So their scientific name is Puma Kungkolor. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Although I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if it was my teacher just got it wrong or hadn't been updated, but I was taught that it was Felis Kungkolor, which is not correct. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. it has one of the widest ranges of wildcats and the largest range of any American mammal. Nice. Yes. They're pretty adaptable. It's crazy. Yes. Their range spans from western half of North America and extends from British Columbia down to the tip of Argentina. The southern tip of Argentina. <laughs> yes, there is also an endangered population in Florida. The Florida panther. <laughs> the eastern population of Kirka is now extinct, but the Kirka used to range from coast to coast across the United States. Mm. Sometimes. Mm. Yes. And with this huge range, they have also adapted to a large variety of habitats, including conifer forests, boreal forests, deserts, grasslands, and rainforests. It is crazy to me how adaptable they are. Oh, yeah. Like, their environments are massive, completely different. Mm -hmm. The snowy ones versus the desert ones. Yeah. It's crazy. The total mountain ones, the actual mountain mountain lines. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yes. And they are also the largest of the small cats. Mm -hmm. And they are sexually dimorphic, with males being larger than females. Females are typically 0.8 to 1.3 meters long, with a 63 to 80 centimeter tail. So the tail's pretty long, yeah. Yes, and they weigh around 29 to 64 kilograms. Males are about one to one and a half meters long, with a 68 to 96 centimeter long tail, and weigh in a range between 36 to 120 kilograms. And in the wild, they can live into their teens, whereas in captivity, they can live into their 20s. Nice. And it gets classified as a small cat because it cannot roar like most big cats can. Is that really the thing? Yes. To differentiate? Who decided that? With the that? colloquial big cat, small cat, it's based on whether or not you can roar. Which I don't use because it's not scientific at all. No, it's kind of crazy. I'm like, that, how is that your defining factor? Yeah, because with them, they're definitely the size of a big cat. Yeah. Compared to like, you know, an ocelot or a bobcat. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very clearly yeah. more in that cheetah type range and those guys. Yeah, and then cheetahs also would be also classified. Also not considered, yeah. Because they cat. can't do because they go, yeah. <laughs> They do. Yeah. And then snow leopards also can't roar. Yeah. So it's like, these are big cats. This is a stupid classification. Yes, I remember learning that as a kid. It's like, this is so stupid. I know. There should have been a better, like either a weight limit or like a size limit or yes. like something. And phylogenetically... Smalls. It doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. So, just so you know, <laughs> cheetahs and mountain lions, not big cats. Those are probably the only... Oh, and snow leopards. So, cheetahs, snow leopards, and mountain lions are the mm -hmm. ones you think are big cats that are not actually big yeah. cats. But they are big cats. So, like, whatever. Anyway, yes. continuing on. Yes. And like all felines, they are obligate carnivores, meaning they don't graze at all or mm -hmm. anything like that. So, their diet... And their diet will change depending on where they are found since there's... Makes sense. <laughs> but the main part of their diet, the, wherever they go, it typically is different species of ungulates. Mm, okay, yeah. The hoofed mammals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
In the U.S., they have been known to hunt down elk and even moose. <laughs> Damn. Yes. That must be a baby or an mm-hmm. injured one. Yeah. Because they don't work together like, you know, lions do. No, but they, they take on surprisingly large prey compared to them. And in South America, they have been observed hunting prey like guanacos, which are close relatives of llamas and alpacas. Oh, okay. Yes, and they have an attitude. <laughs> not going after those coke hippos, though. No. Not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. And an individual cougar has very large territories. They can patrol for hunting prey and finding mates with ranges from 77 to 300 square kilometers. Wow. And they are ambush predators that will... Wait until prey gets close enough before pouncing on it, and they deliver a fatal bite to the back of their neck. And they are capable of taking down prey that can be two to three times their size. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is even crazier to me because I feel like of all the cats, they're the easiest one to fight off. Like in America, when there are oh in America between them, hmm. I can't say for South America, but like in America, when there's conflict, like people have fought them off with hats. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. take much unless yeah. it's a very ill mountain lion, like the one that attacked two bikers in one day mm-hmm. and like had eaten half of one before it attacked mm-hmm. the next anyway continuing yep. on oh yeah after a kill that has been made they will often hide the carcass of larger prey on them so they can feed on it for several days mm-hmm. and they play an important role in the ecosystem as they help keep deer populations under control and their absence is one of the reasons for the out of control deer populations in the eastern united states mm-hmm. They are currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Their population is in decline. And some subspecies, like the Florida panther, are endangered. And just as a fun fact, in Florida, they are so rare, it is more likely that a cougar sighting is someone's escaped pet than a native panther. Because Florida. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Florida. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, they're pretty cool. And um, have you ever seen one in person? Like, wild, not in a zoo. No. I didn't, but in the neighborhood I grew up in, because we have a lot of, you know, horses and stuff like that, so a lot of people be out for, like, trail rides early in the morning, mm-hmm. so they would see them then. But they never had issues. Yeah. They just... And over in Temecula, which isn't far from where we are right now, mm-hmm. they actually have a corridor under the freeway yeah. for cougars yeah, to cross through. all kinds of animals. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing yeah. to me that Temecula took the initiative on that, but... I know! <laughs> like, I grew up there. It's like, this is not what I expect from my hometown. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, this is kind of like your, like, surprise, good job, Florida. You know? I know. Um, anyway, so, yeah. They are, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool cats. There was one, Adam. Um, and they purr. Just so cute. Yeah. when they do, man. Oh, my God. So, my parents, where they live, um, there's a zoo that's, like, a rescue zoo, essentially. So, all of their animals basically were, like, mm-hmm. either pets that people had that should not be pets or like were injured or whatever yeah. they can't go back in a while or whatever. there's a zoo up in big bear that's like that yeah they had two cougars that i think they were someone's oh or the mother was killed i think i can't remember that's obviously yeah but they had one like when i was younger named abby and she was so sweet like she'd come mm-hmm. over and like not all the time but sometimes she'd just like chat at you and mm-hmm. just like talk to you yeah. and I was like you're so cute i want to cuddle you but i know you'll eat me but also her face just looked like our Abyssinian little. Like she had like a lot of yeah. the same kind of markings. I was like, I love you so much. Yeah. You know what's funny is like um, they say this when a lot when I go to the Safari Park is that a cougar and a cheetah are pretty close in size. Yeah, they are. You cannot do what they do with the cheetahs with a cougar. <laughs> I would not try that. Yeah, no. 
And then I, I, and I decided, like, just for fun sometimes, I look up cougar on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And some of the first things that pop up is people keeping them as pets. It's like, it's the so stupidity stupid. of people. I mean, yeah. I just, I, ugh, I can't. But anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, well, on to being basic. I kind of wanted to choose this animal from the beginning. This is my second <laughs> yeah. runner-up. I wanted to choose them from the beginning. <laughs> They're also my high school mascot, so whatever. That had the wrong footprint, but anyway. Um, but they got the, I think they got the rosettes right. I think. Oh, yeah. I have to go back and look because they may not have had the spot in between, but at least they weren't like spots, mm-hmm. you know, and totally stupid. But anyway, they're beautiful. They're amazing. And I was trying to not be a basic bitch, but he went basic, so I got to go ah. basic too. <laughs> also, I pretty much love all the cats, I realized when I was looking into them. I'm like, I love you too. But I chose the jaguar. And their scientific name is Panthera, is it Onsa or Onca? Onca. Onca. They're found from southern Arizona and New Mexico down to northern Argentina. They have been wiped out from much of their range in North America, as Casey previously stated. And so far, there are only male individuals identified in the the U.S. Um, They primarily live in tropical rainforest habitat, but also have been known to survive in other habitats like grasslands and deserts. Again, as Casey basically (laughs) said, there's going to be a lot of repeat in this one since we kind of talked about them. Um, It is the third largest cat in the world and the only big cat in the Americas. Yes. I guess technically tigers and lions are in Asia and Africa, right? Because there's like the one yeah. group ridiculousness. Well, there's lions in both Asia and Africa, but yeah. tigers are only I don't know why I said tiger. in um, cheetahs, Asia except for this one reserve. Yeah, I think crazy. that they're still there. Anyway, but um, yeah, there are no big cats in, in Europe or anywhere else. It's basically just Asia. No, big Africa, cats were wiped, went extinct in Europe a long time ago. Good job, Europe. Anyway, this is why you don't have as many cool animals to talk about. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> I can't. I think that might have been during the Pleistocene. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, but anyway, so yes, they're the third largest cat in the world. Only big cats in the Americas. They're 1.5 to 1.8 meters long, 70 to 90 centimeter long tail, and they weigh 68 to 136 kilograms. It is a sexually dimorphic species, with the males being larger than the females. Most cats. Um, they live to an average of 12 years in the wild, but in captivity, they can live into their 20s. And, so beautiful. Eh. Them. Okay. It is one of the two big cats that often display melanism. And melanism is a form of pigmentation in which there is an increased production of melanism, which results in a near uniformly black color. But when the sun hits them, <laughs> you get to see it, and it's beautiful. Yeah. I love them. You can at that just same, see them. At that same zoo, they had a black jaguar who was blind and his name was inca but when the sun would hit him it was just like oh you beautiful baby yeah. anyway they used to have a i remember the black jaguar from cat canyon when i was a kid at the san diego zoo oh, i don't but okay oh really yeah oh i used to i remember i always wanted to go see him it's like then i found out he passed away it's like oh that's always awful and depressing yeah. i'm not gonna share it never mind what? <laughs> I was just like, also yesterday we were having a conversation because obviously when you were a kid it was different than when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was talking about this thing where it was ridiculous, but friends of mine spent $40 at Taco Bell. And I'm like, how did she spend $40 at Taco Bell? 40 bucks at Taco Bell? <laughs> I know. And then I was like, but this was back in like the early 2000s. I was one of the people I was with. I was like, were you even born? And he's like, depends on which month. <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, oh, cool. Thanks. I feel old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Anyway>. my goodness. <laughs> this person's over 18, and I am not grooming, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> this is a group of people. But anyway. Oh, my goodness. Um, but still, that just that made me think of it, and it was so sad. I was like, cool, great. Anyway, back to this. So, 
<clears throat> All right, so the melanism trait is also distinct from albinism. Is that how you would pronounce that? Yeah, okay. albinism. That makes sense. I've just never seen it in that form before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the melanism trait is also distinct from albinism in that albinism is a recessive trait, whereas melanism is a dominant trait. I didn't realize that was a dominant trait. Yes. I think there'd be more of them. It's because it's not, not in a high frequency within the population. Oh, okay. Anywho. These melanistic jaguars have no disadvantage when it comes to survival as opposed to albinos. Oh, because albinos definitely have a disadvantage all the yeah. time. So these melanistic in- individuals, excuse me, survive just as well as other jaguar- jaguars. I cannot talk. With a normal coat. There we go. Got through it. We're there, people. It is unique among cats in that it is the only species that kills its prey by biting its skull, as we have discussed. <laughs> this allows them to hunt well-protected animals like caiman, ugh, tortoises, and sea turtles. Okay, that's all depressing because I love sea turtles, but like, you know, you got to do what you got to yep. do. Um, my computer is not touchscreen. I literally just tried to touch it to move I it. used to have one, and I, I keep am, forgetting that sometimes. I am a crazy person. <laughs> anyway, ooh, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um... The jaguar is a very muscularly built cat and not well adapted to long chases. They are capable of short bursts of speed, but their primary hunting strategy is to get as close as possible to the prey and overpower it before it has the chance to get away. Yep. Biting its skull. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are among only four cats that have the ability to roar, this making them big cats. Yep. And those would be lions, tigers, and leopards. The jaguars. Yep. All right. Jaguars are also among the few cats that are comfortable going into water. They rely on sources of water since many of their prey items, like caiman and capybara, are dependent on these water sources. Uh, but they'd hunt a bush dog too, and they also go in the water. Yeah. There's just a chain of the animals who escape to the water, and then the animals who go to the water. <laughs> anyway. Yep. They are listed as near threatened by the IUCN Red List and listed under appendix. I cannot speak. Oh my gosh. Try again. They are listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List and listed listed under Appendix 1 of CITES. Population is currently in decline, and major threats include habitat loss and being hunted for their pelts. They are beautiful. Don't wear that shit. Yes. In um, my opinion, what, if not the most beautiful big cat? I would say the most beautiful big cat. I mean, yeah. I'm very partial to tigers. Yeah. But just tigers, like, I love them in a hole in their cheek fluffs. Mm-hmm. I love their cheek fluffs. But... Leopards, not leopards, but jaguars. I mean, leopards are pretty too. Jaguars mm-hmm. have the prettiest coat, yeah. I think, for sure. But um, and they're just beautiful and amazing, and I love them. So, um, we should respect them more. I'm yeah. a little nervous about having them in the U.S. though. I'm not. I don't want to run into a jaguar. I do. You won't see it hap- coming. I don't care. <laughs> At least it'll be a quick death. <laughs> yep. Anyway, but yeah, so we went super basic. <laughs> Well, no, we can't. I was going to say, technically now we could do our favorite Central North American small cat, but technically... That's like everything else. small cat. Yeah. But we love all the other ones, too. I was having a tough time because I was like, even with the small cats, like, I love so many of them. But anyway, that brings us... Oh, before that brings us to that, actually, Casey. Yes, Hattie? What cat... Nope, try again. <laughs> <laughs> what song did the cat sing... In the sound of music. I do not know. Climb every mountain. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Anyway, yes. um, The cat is, I've forgotten her name. 
Mother something. I said Mother <laughs> Teresa. That's not it. Um, <laughs> but the main nun in Sound of Music. Anywho, yeah. But that brings us to something that's not cat-like at all. Nope. To our Animal of the Week. And our <laughs> Animal of the Week this week is... The Bagheera Kipling Eye. I'm going to retract my statement because its scientific name is the name of a very famous cat in the Jungle Book. <laughs> so there's that yep. segue we could have had. Anyway, the Bagheera Kipling Eye. Yes. Tell us about it, Casey. What yes. is that? It, so these guys come for the Order Araneae. Do you remember what that is? No. It's the spitters. But the I spiders. don't remember that being their order. Yep. Okay. Araneae is the order of spiders. About, I don't think we talked about a spider as an animal of the week. I think we just talked nope. about them. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Continuing on. And their family is Salticity. Do you remember which spiders those are? No. The jumping spiders. Oh, they're the cutest ones. Yes. Okay. Yep. So these guys are found in Mexico and Central America, and they primarily live in tropical forests. They are very small, as are most jumping spiders. Yes. Only about the size of someone's pinky nail. Mm-hmm. They have a very short lifespan and live only about a few months to about a year. Aww. Yeah. Live fast, die young. <laughs> yes. And they are very unique among spiders in one aspect, and that is they are the only spider species in the world that has a mostly herbivorous diet. Which is crazy to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is your vegetarian spider, mostly. Yeah. So... As Ali mentioned earlier, it got its generic name, which is the first part of its scientific name, from the leopard named Bagheera in the Jumbo Book. Jumbo it actually book. came? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, it was named after <laughs> Bagheera. amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Bagheera Kiplingi is actually the type species for the genus Bagheera. Whoa. It serves as the reference for that genus. Weird. Yep. So why did they name it after Bagheera? I don't know. Well, we need to find out, Casey. This is a question. Mark it as a question. Why did somebody name a spider Waskilem pie? Because they, they were silly. <gasps> we we need to enjoy ourselves when you name scientific names. Okay, continue on. <laughs> yes. And these guys typically live on a different species of thorn tree, also called acacia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those things are nasty, kind of. Yes. And at the end of the leaves of these trees are special structures called Belshian bodies. What is that? They are structures that are very high in protein and sugar. Okay. Yes. They are also high in fiber, and it is not known how the spider is actually able to digest the fiber, because what they do is they primarily feed on these Belshian bodies. Hmm. It's like a cliff bar. I don't know the ingredients of cliff bars, so I have no idea. There's sugar and protein and there's some fiber, but... I should probably start eating them. <laughs> Actually, probably not because there's too much sugar. There's a lot of sugar. <laughs> yes. So, as I mentioned, they primarily feed on these Belgian bodies, but they will also feed on the nectar from the plants, which actually don't come from the flower, but it comes from these weird glands on them. Ew. <laughs> They're just glands. That's... I've never thought of a plant with glands, and I don't like that. <laughs> Why? Everything has glands. Sweat glands, and I'm like, is the plant sweating? What's happening? What's going on? It's sweating nectar. <laughs> Hell, echidna sweat milk. I mean, that's true. <laughs> it's weird. It's <laughs> yeah. weird shit. Yes. However, this species is not an obligate herbivore, so it's not the little Disney character you would imagine. <laughs> and it will Why eat. Why did I see a little 
jumping spider with a little like bow tie and a little bag going to work. <laughs> anyway, continue. So they will eat some insects and they will also eat spiders, including occasionally their own species. Oh, snap. Yep. Jumping spiders are little cannibals. Yeah. A lot of spiders are. Okay. Yep. And their diet will vary depending on the region that they are found from. For example, in Mexico, about 91% of their diet is made up of Belgian bodies, whereas 5% of their diet is nectar, and 4% is insects and spiders. Okay. Whereas in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. 60% of their diet is Belgian bodies, 20% is nectar, and 20% is insects and spiders. Okay. Wow. And one of the major sources of insect prey for this species is ant larvae. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, the thorn tree that the spider lives on has co-evolved with various species of ants, and they have a mutualistic relationship. Mm-hmm. The ants provide protection for the plant from herbivorous insects, and in return, the plant provides shelter for the ants in the in that the ants live in the hollow portion of the thorns on the tree. Mm-hmm. The plant also produces the Belgian bodies to keep the ants around, so there is incentive for them to protect the plant. Mm, okay. Yep. So the spider is merely hijacking this relationship to satisfy its own needs. <laughs> it's like, I will eat both of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's suspected that initially it fed on resources that were not active and could not get away, like the ant larvae and eggs, mm-hmm. and over time evolved Evolution would favor the spider taking advantage of resources that were always present and couldn't get away, like the Belgian bodies that were being produced by the plant for the ants. Hmm. Another unique aspect of this spider is that they are somewhat social, or at the very least tolerate one another, (laughs) as there can be several um, Bagheera Kiplingi on a single plant. And most spider species will not tolerate each other, but this species likely does since they are not under... under the presence of fierce competition for resources since the plant produces so many Belgian bodies. There's okay. just enough for everyone for to get everybody. some. Great. Yep. And since the species is hijacking a relationship in which one species protects the other, it has some strategies to protect itself against the ant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For example, they will build their nests on the oldest leaves of the plant, which the ants do not patrol very often, so there is a slimmer chance of an encounter. Okay. And like other jumping spiders, they have excellent vision and will watch out for ant guards and will use their great jumping abilities to avoid any confrontation when they do encounter an ant. What's that? <laughs> yep. And they will also use a safety line of silk to momentarily get away from the ants if they get too close. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little, um, like repellers. <laughs> yep. People repelling down cliff sides. They're just like, I'll just go down here right now. It's cool. Yep. And, like most spiders, it has not been assessed by the IUCN Red List. But Makes sense. one of my favorite species. You love so many spiders. I, spiders are cool. Arachnids are cool. They are. Yep. I mean, they gave Spider-Man his powers, and he's my favorite superhero. So really? Is- Whoa, judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite? I, I was never really into superhero movies when I was younger. I didn't get really get into them until, like... Iron Man and stuff like that came out more recently. So you ever saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? I did see them. Oh, but like, yeah. he, but, but in retrospect, <laughs> like, look at this ancient thing from ten years ago. Is that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> well, Spider-Man's always been the coolest. Yeah. Anyway, who was the? It was is Andrew Garfield also played Spider-Man. Yeah, right? it was yeah. Tobey and then Andrew Garfield and then now Tom Holland. Yeah. 
Love it. Who everyone's perfect. sipping over. He's the perfect one. <laughs> I just feel bad because he's young. Anyway. How old is he? He was born in 96. 96? Oh, so he's a year younger than me. Yeah. So, hence mm-hmm. why. Yeah. But he's, like, perfect for the role. Anyway, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, that, that brings us to our challenge, Casey. Yes. And what are we doing today? We are doing cups. Cups. And it's like taboo. And we're really good at this game. What's taboo? You never play taboo? I have never played taboo. Casey, we are going to fit. We're having a game day. Okay. <laughs> taboo is like you'll get a word like, let's say the word is Bambi. Mm-hmm. And it's going to give you like five words you can't say when trying to get someone to guess it. So you can't say like Disney. You can't oh. say deer. You can't say... I might have played it, actually. Mother or something like that. I can't that. remember. Like, I, might have, I might have lied. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? I don't know. So it makes it harder because <laughs> you're limited. It's not that you just can't say something in the mm-hmm. word. You can't say, like, other things that will help people. Yeah. Don't play with people who speak foreign languages because they'll just say it in a foreign language. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, <laughs> is that a shucks? Like, that would be your technique? <laughs> no, I like, I know some of Spanish and Dutch, so. Yeah, no, but still. <laughs> but do the people you're playing with know it? No. They stare at you like, what? No, we're, we're all Americans. So. I know, we don't know other things. I know a <laughs> tiny bit of Spanish and a little bit of Swahili and the smidgen of French I remember from learning in high school. I never understood why people took French in high school. Uh, I had reasons because I was supposedly going to go to France if I learned French. Mm. So that's why. Which, of course, all, almost all of the Spanish kids were in that class because they already knew Spanish. See, a lot of the Spanish speakers took Spanish yeah, in high school because it was an easy A. it's more formal and everything, so it's yeah. kind of weird. But anyway. All right. Who's going first? And do we have our timer set? Yes, for five minutes. Okay, you're going first. That's what that meant. I am? Yep. This nose goes, you though. You didn't say nose goes. Nose goes. Okay. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay, fine. All right, are we ready? Sure. Here we go. Oh, this was my favorite, I think it was venomous creature from the ocean. It's very small. Oh, it's a blue really ringed octopus. Yes, good. Come off. <laughs> it's a hybrid. Of? <laughs> Any more than that. Big predator in North America. The buffalo bison thingy? No. Nope. <laughs> predator. Oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but they also eat plants. They're very big. One was in somebody's campaign recently. I'm so confused. A moose? I'm so, that's not a predator. Why are you saying Oh my gosh. What is poo? Oh, oh, a campaign. I was thinking like D&D, a bear. Okay, uh, an American black bear? It's a, a hybrid. Bear. Oh, a That we bear. talked about on the show. Oh, a pizzly bear. Yes. Oh my god, okay. You can just say hybrid. Oh, this was your deep sea creature? It really oh, long um, legs. And that was not my deep sea creature, down. but I know what you're talking about. Japanese spider crab. Yes, I don't remember what the category was. Oh, um, they're very common, kind of like a wolf, but smaller. Coyote? Yes. Yay. Um, oh, this is your favorite, can't say that word, <laughs> but they're not snakes, and they're in the water. Oh. They belong. <laughs> Snowflake moray eel. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have a... What? Shirts? What kind? It has a... A collar. Yes. Um, and... They fly these birds at weddings. Pitch does? Pigeons? Does. Okay. Put it together. A collar dove? A dove collar. What the hell? A blue collar dove. I don't know what <laughs> colors are coming Close from. enough, it's collared. Oh, collared dove. Okay, that's yeah. weird. That's obviously a random one I found. Okay. 
Um, this is, uh, I think I can say it. it's like it's a type of bunny. Okay. And it has, can I say that? It has big feet, which Jack serve rabbit. as like a, oh. in in cold areas. Oh, snow hair, snow rabbit. There's more to it. Snow something. Snow. Because you're walking, and what do people wear? Oh, snowshoe hair. Yes, there we go. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, this was your favorite deep sea creature. Yeti crab? Yep. Yay. Happy you know these <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know what this... Okay. Um, I, okay, there's a type of panda that's not a normal panda. Red panda. Yeah, okay, so keep that word. Red. And then... Um, not arms, but... Legs. Yes. Keep Think those two. Oh, this is crazy. Okay. Um... If someone is a gross person, sometimes they climb these to like peeping top. I don't know how we're getting you to guess this. Um, a, a, a plant that's a little bit bigger and a lot of things live in it and people like to climb them. A plant? Yeah. Like tree? Like, think of like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then like if Red like tree frog? Oh, so close, dude. The first parts are right. There's a second part of that that plant though. So it's that, and then, like, if you're being sneaky and, like, gross, a person, like, if, if a guy's hitting on a young girl, it's... Predator? Not that. Groomer? Like, not that. Creep? Yeah, yes, okay, so... Red leg creep tree creep frog? <laughs> not a frog. Oh, oh, creeper. Red, yes, yes. Red leg tree creeper. Yes! I don't know how you got that, Alicia. Okay. It's your favorite... Okay, they're... Yes. It's a sea creature. They're mammals. They're very plump and fat. Belugas? No. Manatees do. We see them in sea, on the coast. Sea lions. Not that, but the other one. Sea, seals? Yes, your favorite one of that. Oh, ribbon seal. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought there was no word on this. My thumb was blocking it. Um, blank ate my baby from Australia. It's a type of dog. Oh, dingo. Yep. Ruiners. Yep. Um, oh, it's a cat from Africa. A lion. Little tufts on uh, its ear. Oh, a uh, caracal. Yep. Okay. Don't know what this is. Um, uh, <laughs> artificial intelligence, like um, Skynet. The blanks are taking over. What? We're going to skip that. There's no way. <laughs> Move on to you. <laughs> Oh, it's like a squirrel, but it's... But it's not a chipmunk? Yes. Yay! Is this even point? Is there a point to this? Probably not. <laughs> nope, there's not. I get you guess that in like two seconds. Okay. Alrighty. Oh, man, that one is not fun. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what it is now. I got seven. I had six. Thirteen, that's not bad. It's not... My lucky right. number. Yay! <laughs> Only if it's on a Friday. <laughs> okay. How many Friday the 13th do we have this year? I don't know. Okay. I accept that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, to listening to episode 48. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of Animal Addicts Podcast.